Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio Show. Here's a quick announcement. Our July Heart-Centered and Passion-Driven Inspirations for Better Living digital magazine designed to help moms build a better future for themselves, their family, and loved ones is currently available at www.inspirationsforbetterliving.com. The magazine offers inspirational stories from our dedicated experts to help you navigate your current situation with confidence because you are the designer of your journey as the COO, if not the CEO of your family. So to preview our July edition, please go to www.inspirationsforbetterliving.com. As for our radio show today, my guest for this morning is Jean Nish. Jean is the founder and CEO of Eurekademics. Besides being a tutor, philosopher, education reformer, fourth degree black belt with the World Taekwondo Federation, chess and origami enthusiast, Jean is also known as the student whisperer in Los Angeles. Voted as the best of tutors.com for the last five years, Eurekademics teaches students using scientifically proven ways and groundbreaking theories in quantum intelligence to increase grades dramatically in as little as 30 days. Jean was also recently awarded as one of the 100 top leaders in education by the Global Forum for Education and Learning for 2021. Jean and I will be having a conversation about his remarkable life's journey and how Eurekademics and his approach to learning are changing the way students excel and succeed in today's world. Good morning, Jean. Happy summer and welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing this morning? Fantastic. Good morning, Johnny. Thank you so much for having me. And that was a very, very warm welcome. I'm so excited to be here. Fantastic. Wonderful. Jean, it is a pleasure to have you with me. Your journey is very compelling and your accomplishment and mission is extremely inspiring. So let us start by getting to know you a little better. Please Give us a quick walk through your life from childhood to the present moment. Um, yes, thank you for that question. So I was born in the Soviet Union. My birth certificate is Soviet. I was born in um, Odessa, Ukraine, and uh, the Soviet Union fell apart in 1991, and I migrated to the States with uh, my grandparents with the blessing of my mother, but I had to leave my mother behind. And uh, that was like a big backdrop for me that probably – forged a lot of my childhood, and um, mm-hmm. I didn't see my mother until I was 18. So I didn't see my mom between the ages of 5 and 18, which mm-hmm. is really what attracted me to you and your book. Oh, thank so, you so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, like, guys, Ukraine was very poor. Um, mm-hmm. My dad was already in the States, and he sent me for Christmas, like, a, a RC toy car, which I played uh-huh. with, and he, he sent me a can of cola which I didn't open because it was so rare in, uh, in Odessa, Ukraine, that I saved it. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. when I flew to the States, I didn't bring that can with me. I was very sad that I left my most <laughs> prized possession. But when I got to the States in New York, there were like free refills, which like blew my mind. And like at any restaurant or McDonald's, free refills right. on Coca-Cola. And so I didn't really look back, you know, like I got to the stage yeah. and I was like, okay, I'm ready to rock and roll. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Let's enroll me in school. And that's kind of how mm-hmm. I started. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. That reminds me, when I first got to the United States at 18 to go to college at LSU, one of the things that I really enjoyed, like you're talking about drinking tons of it, is just regular basic vitamin D milk. They have dispensers, right? And at the cafeteria, drink all you want. <laughs> Because in Malaysia, yeah. when I was growing up, we don't have that. It's like we were drinking condensed milk, and ooh, it is nasty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so I didn't, I, yeah, the land of dreams. I mean, it was a total a different <laughs> shock. There were, like, lights, big buildings. We, we didn't have skyscrapers. I grew up mm-hmm. in, like, a tiny village. Like, everything was flat, <laughs> one story. There was, like, a tram, you know? Yeah. Very, very interesting. 
So who were the most influential people in your life when you were growing up? The, yeah, I love this question. So for me, it was uh, my grandfather because he was mm-hmm. the one that organized the trip and he was the one that decided to bring the family to the States when the Soviet Union fell apart. So he was kind of in charge of this whole mission. Um, from I mean, like, he passed last year, so like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm reloading a lot. Sorry of about that. Mm-hmm. It's okay. We lived we lived a very fruitful life, and um, I, I we, there was nothing left on the table. Like every lesson, mm-hmm. every principle, mm-hmm. he has showed it to me uh, tenfold. So like when he passed, there was no regrets in the sense of oh I wish I listened or I wish I learned. Except being more mechanical, my grandfather always wanted me to be better. <laughs> with the screwdriver and like fixing mm-hmm. cars, but that was just something I mm-hmm. never wanted to do. I didn't like getting my hands dirty and I was like studying <laughs> it, it, economics and I was like, grandpa, you know, you can get a mechanic for like 20 bucks right. an hour to do that. He's like, I would never do that. <laughs> so very, very grandpa from the, yeah. And then cause he took it upon himself because that was a big risk. Mm-hmm. Like, Hey, do we want to bring uh, a child and like, uh, he's going to, he's going to grow up without his mother. Like, so he took right. that upon himself right. to, to be the mother and everything. And, and he, he instilled in me, like, it was really, really important to work out. Like school was not mm-hmm. everything. So like you, you, you go to school and you have a sport, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so like it's, it started out with gymnastics, like from the Soviet union. And my grandpa was really fond of gymnasts because they have a really thick mm-hmm. body. Right. And, uh, I, I completely despised gymnastics because I was growing up and learning <laughs> English and it right. was really hard for me to fit in and wearing a leotard, um, and I was being made mm-hmm, fun of for mm-hmm. doing gymnastics, right? Right, um, right. So that's where I found martial arts. And then my grandma is my second influencer. She was like the balance mm-hmm. in, in the family. So like, mm-hmm. grandpa would be like, no, she started gymnastics. She's not going to give up. <laughs> you don't, you know, you don't you finish it. And grandma was like, well, he's going to have more fun if he does Taekwondo. Can we try right. Taekwondo? Mm-hmm. Uh, so she was like the voice of reason for me with my grandpa. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I tried Taekwondo and that was a big blessing because the ability to defend yourself, the ability to go in the mind, calm mm-hmm. down instead of freak out. That's a valuable <laughs> lesson across all industries. Right. And then mm-hmm. I, I make this joke, like, what was I going to do as a gymnast? Like join the circus or be a thief, you know, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. with martial arts. It's like, what are you going to do? MMA? Well, uh, not necessarily. With martial arts, you can do, you have a disciplined mind. You can go into science and a lot of martial mm-hmm. artists are in various disciplines and many of them don't do UFC. UFC is mm-hmm. a job. Martial arts is a sport. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, grandma was like my voice of reason. She fed me. She drove me to school and my stepbrother. Like, so she like run in the house. And then I had my stepmom. So my, my dad remarried in the States. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. she kind of taught me how to fit in and be cool. So like mm-hmm. she was mm-hmm. always like making sure I, I have like the nicer clothes, but my shoes match. Like she was kind of on that part. Um, my stepbrother was older and uh, I didn't like how he had all the, like he can do everything. And I had to just listen to my brother. Like it was all, he had all the power because he was older and smarter. Mm-hmm. So that's where I decided to, to beat him. I was like, oh, I can do his homework. So like my brother was a source of competition, mm-hmm. and um, so he was a big influence growing up on me on that way too. Because I wanted to be independent and on my own. I didn't right. like right. him. Like the thing that really bothered me the most was he got the remote, right? Because we shared a room. Because mm-hmm. like, he's older, right. he gets to choose choose what right. he watches at night. Absolutely <laughs> drove me crazy. <laughs> What's interesting about it, what you just mentioned is the fact that. At that moment in time, it might not be funny, but when you look back in introspection, those are the little things that triggers the sort of creativity within us, the fire within us, like you say, hey, I want to do better. I want to do this. I want to outdo him. And I think it depends on how you harness that energy. And obviously, you did it the right way. And so look at where you're at today. Yeah, yeah. To, to further that story, we actually we were fighting about things because uh, he wanted to watch. I forgot what he wanted to watch, uh, and I want to watch basketball. And then mm-hmm. we decided, okay, 
we're both not going to get what we want, and we're going to settle either on Discovery Channel or the History Channel. Because that way we're both at least learning, and we didn't get what we wanted, but at least the other one didn't get what he wanted. Right. And at least we're both learning, right. So so I remember the History Channel, like, and that was my introduction to history. I absolutely Uh loathed history. I thought, what's the point of me learning this when I can look it up later? Like, I was kind of a futurist. I knew that we were going to have the Internet and all this information. But it, I learned that was a mistake that I teach my students not to do. You want to absorb mm-hmm. as many ideas and concepts. You sure. don't have to master them. You don't have to become a geologist. But when you're right. talking about rocks, just, just be open-minded. And you never know. Different types mm-hmm. of rocks, you might discover the, a new way to make gold. You never know. Right. So right. From, from my own lessons, I realized I made up all these barriers, right? Mm-hmm. And then I realized students make up all these barriers too. And then like that, that was like the introduction to the problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I had various, and then, uh, my dad, Gary, my dad was a very business oriented at the table mm-hmm. all the time. So, so mm-hmm. from him, I learned the importance of like measuring and staying on a schedule. And if, if you don't measure things, like they'll, <laughs> they'll take, like they take care, they run you. Yeah. So like if, if you're not managing and measuring, you're being managed and measured by something external. So, like, if you don't right. make a schedule, right. you're a part mm-hmm. of somebody's schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And just big ideas like that. And he introduced me to a very influential game that I've been playing my whole life now, Civilization. Civilization mm-hmm. is a game where you, like, build cities and you conquer mm-hmm. each other, but you can trade, you know, there's technology mm-hmm. and stuff. And it's Mark Zuckerberg's favorite game. A lot of, like, people... I still play it to this day just to see how my mind has evolved. And... Mm-hmm. Um, you get better every time. It's like timeless, like chess. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and then my dad taught me a lot about, uh, he taught me how to scuba dive, how to rollerblade, skateboard, like Venice Beach, like skydiving, mm-hmm. like <laughs> skiing, like skiing, right? So, like, yeah. he balanced me out, and he made me, like, this cool dude. Like, he gave me a convertible, like, mm-hmm. prom and stuff. Like, he was just a really cool dad, awesome provider, taking us on vacations. And he set the bar very high, because mm-hmm. then I thought, everybody has this kind of lifestyle where uh, the parents are like on this loving mission. Everybody goes on vacation once or twice a year. And right. I just thought that was like the golden dream for everybody. I didn't realize how lucky I was and uh, that my, my father, my grandfather, my grandma, and my stepmom, they all work together to provide it as immigrants. And um, mm-hmm. I realized mm-hmm. that because they came here, they had that focus and energy, whether, uh, whereas like if you were born here, you might not have that similar drive. Right, right. From the right. side, yeah. Sure, sure, definitely, yeah, for so, sure. So those those were my immediate family influencers, and then I had two Taekwondo masters that completed my childhood mm-hmm. mentors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Master Rai was the first one. Um, and I remember, like, I was trying to be cool, and I'll never forget this lesson. I was a green belt or a blue belt, and then, like, he let the little kids from uh, the earlier class, they were, like, orange belts or something, come join our class and it was sparring day like fight day mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I, I can't i can't believe i said this i said oh man we're gonna spar the orange belt <laughs> like something cocky like that um and i got punished like i i i, I never thought i would get punished for like being cool and showing off mm-hmm, but from mm-hmm. then boom like I, I got whacked with the bamboo stick and i wasn't allowed to spar <laughs> <laughs> the, the, yeah the, the next day, he puts me up against a brown belt girl, and, like, she totally mm-hmm. whoops on me. And uh-huh. then I understood. Mm-hmm. I, like, understood. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm intimidating to these orange belts. You don't have to say anything. They're already scared of me, right? Right, right, um, right. And then I learned to be humble about the difference in the gap. I, I eventually started mm-hmm. teaching. He, he was the first one that gave me a key, and I would show mm-hmm. up on Saturdays as a brown belt teaching mm-hmm. green and um, blue, and I would look for that too. I would look for the same mm-hmm. cockiness, and I would I, w- I would weed it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, another lesson he learned: he uh, kicked out somebody that was doing drugs or something. But he was a phenomenal mm-hmm. taekwondo guy. This guy was doing backflips, handstands. My grandma was absolutely in love <laughs> with him. Like he was like really cool. Like he can do a backflip and like a back kick uh-huh. before he lands, like super jumping. Right, right. But then Master Rai like just. Uh, in front of everybody said, you can no longer be a, uh, my student. What you're doing mm-hmm. is completely inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want all my students to know, like, if you have to hide to do it, don't do it. And what mm-hmm. he's doing, he has to hide to do, and it's wrong. And that's all mm-hmm. you need to know. Mm-hmm. 
And then the, those two lessons just kind of stuck with me. Like, be humble. And if you mm-hmm. have to hide to do it, don't do it. That's integrity. Right. And, uh, right. Integ- integ- yeah, integrity is one of the fundamental principles of Taekwondo. Uh, and then when I got my black belt, the essay was, well, what are you going to do with it? Like, mm-hmm. now with great power comes great responsibility. What are you going to do with it? <laughs> and I, I Very thought, true. I actually, yeah, I thought, I actually want to teach this transformation and these principles of the mind, mm-hmm. uh, integrity, mm-hmm. perseverance. Um, indomitable spirit, humble, mm-hmm. and I, for, I forgot the fifth one. But uh, I want to teach these principles uh, outside of the fighting, outside of the sparring, to, mm-hmm. like, academics. Like, I thought that way of mind of breaking things down into components, midway, midway, halfway, halfway, until you get it done, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. practice, practice, practice. I thought all that could be applied to academics. So I wrote my little essay, I was 16 years old, and like that I want to like transform academics using Taekwondo principles. And it just kind of like stayed there. Like, no, no worries. It's just like one of those dreams, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Mr. Yu came along and I was, I was getting my second degree black belt, way more competition. We had like lots of uh, like really good community. Testing was phenomenal. There were like five mm-hmm. black belts and like two big Taekwondo masters. Like parents would come. There were tears mm-hmm. in my eyes during testing. I mean, it was watching these kids transform. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I had the opportunity to do private lessons. So Mr. Yu uh, also gave me the key, and I was doing private lessons. And every single time, like the kids at the bottom, like the low average, would come to me. And then uh, after like five, six lessons, they would become one of, one of the best ones, if not. And my goal was to always get a perfect test. Let's see if you can get mm-hmm. zero mistakes, right? And mm-hmm. they, they were doing it. So, like, these kids that were viewed by everybody else as not capable mm-hmm. uh, were becoming cap- capable. And then I was like, is it really that one-on-one experience? Is it me? It, it can't be. I mean, like, it's, it's the kid. He's doing it all. I just said something and that he just wants to do it, right? Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't believe in that power of one-on-one. Uh, and then it was my brother's wedding. Mm-hmm. So now we're, we're past the um, uh, <laughs> growing up part. And then I was, she said, like, you have to get this suit. You have to be, it's got to be brown and the specific yeah. tie. And, it, and it's got to be tailored. And I was right. like, you know, a little, I didn't have a lot of money back then. I was like, tailored. Well, come on, I'm getting a regular suit. <laughs> and I was like, I'm about to check out. He calls me and he's like, put the guy mm-hmm. on the phone. And he's like, I'm going to pay for your tailoring. You're not coming to my wedding in an untailored suit. And I started talking <laughs> with the tailor. I was like, mm-hmm. uh, like, is this normal? Like, the suit costs 100 and you want 100 more to tailor it. Like, is this normal? Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah this is totally fine. He's like, yeah, any, like, upstanding or uh, successful gentleman would, not, would always tailor a suit to his, you know, mm-hmm. body. Like, mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. handsome. You should get a tailored suit. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I, I was like, how many men uh, get a tailored suit? He's like, 99%. Like, it's mm-hmm. only like for kids that don't take it serious. Mm-hmm. And it hit me. It hit me like, that's education. Like, if it's, if it's standardized, it's for kids that don't take it serious. If it's a one right. size fits all, it's for kids that don't take it serious. But like, once he started like measuring that suit, it became alive on me. It was a wholly, totally different suit. And I fell in love with it. I always wear mm-hmm. tailored suits. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. the inspiration for a custom tailored education. I thought, okay, so if I can really build a like just like in the Taekwondo, which is very simple, you got to learn them how to mm-hmm. teach them how to you know, basics, punch, kick, snap, and some forms. Right. Well, what can I can I do that with, um, let's say, measuring or mathematics and math and science? Let's start there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then that's where so like all of those influencers were giving me either the challenge or the training or reinforcement to finally put it all together where I am now. Mm-hmm. But I, I would have never seen it back then. Like writing 16 years old, Taekwondo principles can be applied in academia. Like that now makes sense. But back then I was just like, oh, okay, he's just a good student. I like Taekwondo. <laughs> <laughs> very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. By the way, you're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Our podcasts are available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, TuneIn Radio, MixCloud, Podchaser, Listen Notes, and Hop Hopper. And here's a quick reminder to check the July edition of our Hot Center and Passion Driven Inspirations for Better Living digital magazine at www.inspirationsforbetterliving.com. I'm Johnny Tan, your host, and my guest for this morning is Gene Nish. Gene is the founder and CEO of Eurocademics and is also known as the Student Whisperer in Los Angeles, voted as the best 
of tutors.com for the last five years, Eurycademics teaches students using scientifically proven ways and groundbreaking theories in quantum intelligence to increase grades dramatically in as little as 30 days. Gene was also recently awarded as one of the 100 top leaders in education by the Global Forum for Education and Learning for 2021. Gene and I are having a conversation regarding his remarkable life's journey and how Eurycademics and his approach to learning are changing the way students excel and succeed in today's world. Gene, what prompted you to create Eurycademics? Um, okay, what prompted me to create Eurycademics? It was 2016, and mm-hmm. um, my girlfriend was pregnant with my son. Mm-hmm. And I realized I can't make, uh, I can't pay, I can't provide for a family on a mm-hmm. part-time tutoring side income. And I wasn't really happy finding another job. So before I started Eurycademics, I -hmm. worked uh, as an accountant at two law firms. Mm -hmm. And I would tutor with one or two kids after work, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, get home at 9. And I absolutely loved the tutoring part, and I absolutely hated my (laughs) (laughs) 9 to 5. And then um, it was the homeschooling market. I was actually talking to one of my Mm -hmm. uh, first clients. It was Tracy. And... uh, she, she, one of her kids was in homeschool, and she was telling me about this growing homeschool market in California that I had no idea about. Mm. Uh, and then she was my first homeschool client, and then once I realized that 25% of the California students are being homeschooled, I started talking to more and more parents. Like, I, I wanted to get in and build a full-time schedule. I didn't want to start a mm-hmm. business and, like, struggle for a year. So then, like, talking to several families, I, I met this one lady, Pin Pin, she told me about a program called iLead. And iLead, like, helps parents that are homeschooling. It gives them state funds to pay for tutors such as myself. Mm-hmm. So then I became a huge, right? So I became, right. like, a vendor with this iLead program so that PinPin can give me her business. Once I joined the iLead program, there were, like, at least 12 other families in iLead that, like, contacted me because they're, they're not a lot of male tutors, that, that was the second thing I realized. Once, once I went into it in the homeschool market, I started asking my kids, why, why, why do you guys like me? They were mm-hmm. like, well, you're a boy or you're a man. And I was like, <laughs> really? That's it? Like, that's all you need like, for me to like, get your business? They were just like, no, it's just everybody's like, oh, it's always a lady and it's always a lady. So I didn't know that, but um, mm-hmm. apparently there are not a lot of male instructors. Right, so it, was right. the home, it was the homeschool market and these tight-knit uh, communities in Porter Ranch and Calabasas, and um, I just approached it as a humble thing. I didn't say, I'm starting a tutoring business. Would you like to work mm-hmm. with me? I said, I'm thinking about starting a full-time tutoring business, and I'm mm-hmm. looking for parents that are m- maybe interested, and I'm also looking to break into homeschooling market. Do you know anybody who mm-hmm. uh, is homeschooled, and how does that work? So then I found Pin Pin, and then she, like, told me the whole thing. And now I help mm-hmm. other parents that are, like, on the border or on the fence deciding to go to homeschool. And it's a scary transition, but they, they can call my client Pin Pin, and or, I have a whole worksheet on how to get, get it done. So it was the right. homeschool market. If it wasn't for the thriving homeschool market, I might not have started Eurycademics. Very interesting. What was the most challenging aspects about educating kids? So I've heard this before, and it's very true. They don't care about what you know. They care about being cared. Like, how much do you care about them? They care about, like, that personal relationship. Like, they want a coach. They want uh, a, a secret, like, friend. They want, they want it easier, and they want a mm-hmm. friend. Yeah. They want to be understood as well. So what I do that's very different, on my first day, I typically don't do much math. I, um, I I go through, like, their character. I find out what they do. So, like, do you play video games? Do you play sports? Like, what do you like? What don't you like? And then I ask them about goals. Like, kids don't set goals. Like, they don't teach goal right, setting right, in right. school. So, like, if if you're a gamer, then I ask the gamer to make some goals. Like, mm-hmm, they'll be like, mm-hmm. what's a goal? Like, well, like, in five, ten years, what do you want to be doing? Or, like, tomorrow, what do you want to – or, like, next week, what do you want to be doing? Oh, okay, next week I want to have that many gold or I want to achieve that. 
okay, that's a short-term goal. That's fine. Like, can we go 10 years from now? Are you going to be playing the same game 10 years from now? It, 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 I don't think it's going to be around. You know, games, you know, get updated. <laughs> so, so then they start thinking about the future. So what I do is I, I make, I, I like, I go in and I do this thing called character alchemy. And I got it from mm-hmm. my business mentor, Sam Oven. And I make them actually write down like a legacy up to date, like the, Mm-hmm. the greatest moments in their life. And they'll like find pictures from their birthdays or like holding a trophy, like moments when they felt on top of the world. I make them mm-hmm. talk to me about that. Like, when did you feel on top of the world? And I write those things down and make them write it down. And then I make them write down like a manifesto. Like, okay, mm-hmm. 10 years from now, I want you to manifest the most successful you. And like the parents mm-hmm. absolutely love this because the schools don't do this. So then you have a student right. writing down, like from the future, they're like, here's mine. Like Gene Netch, this is my own manifesto. Gene Netch is a grandmaster of the martial arts, philosopher, and education reformer. He is becoming famous for reforming the private tutoring education system through a scientific method of hacking the learning algorithm. Gene's revolutionary approach is teaching, uh, teaching students that will shock the world and change the way mm-hmm. an entire civilization approaches education. So you write this thing down, and then like, I ch- then one year, next year, we go back and we look at it. Like, did you hit your mark or not and make an adjustment? Sure. So, these, yeah, these things are all, like, all online. They get emailed to the parents. And then we come up with, like, their identity. Like, we literally mm-hmm. write it down. Like, what kind of haircut do you want? What kind of clothes are you going to wear? Uh, a lot of girls I found, they like to clean out their wardrobes, and that helps them mm-hmm. study. Like, there's... I had this one girl who didn't want to study until she threw away this one dress that made her feel insecure. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then achievements. So I make them like, I, I ask them, what kind of achievements do you want to achieve in life? Like sit, sitting at home and playing video games is not an achievement. Like, what do you want to be remembered? If your friends, if I asked your friends, what is Johnny the best at? What mm-hmm. are they going to say? And are you going to be proud of that? Right. So then I, yeah, I start making them reflect, like, how do they fit into the society? So first I make mm-hmm. them reflect on themselves. Then mm-hmm. we come up with a better version of you. And then we deploy it in the society. And then mm-hmm. eventually I make them um, write down all of their goals and their own affirmations. So, like, uh, an affirmation would be, like, I am smart and I am going to get straight A's. And then I have them record it in their own voice, save it mm-hmm. as an MP3, and send it to them so they can upload it to their iPhone. And then every morning they're required, not required, suggested to listen to their own affirmations first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. So instead mm-hmm. of getting up and like doing what you have to do, <laughs> no, 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 no. The first 15 minutes are for you and it's a foundationary time. You either listen right. to your affirmations or you just lie in bed or sit up and let inspiration mm-hmm. come. Mm-hmm. So everything has to be driven by inspiration and fun in my program. And you get straight A's because you're on a path to get an achievement to become an engineer or something. That's right, the stepping right. stone. Right. You basically program the pa- themselves first. Forget about what's yeah. out there because it's like a buffet line. What you want to eat, then you go for it. It's not like you show up there and say, gee, what do I want to eat <laughs> kind of thing. Yes. So you program exactly. them ahead of time. Yes, and they learn the art of reprogramming for themselves. So if I'm not mm-hmm, there mm-hmm. and their programming right. isn't working, they can redo the exercise and change right. something. Right. That's right. the right. biggest secret. Yeah. And then I give them a list of my affirmations and I let them know this is sure. what I'm doing and you can copy mine or make up your own and you don't have mm-hmm. to have any right now. So mm-hmm. then I show them what's up and then like they're like thinking about it. Like I usually get a call mm-hmm. like literally the, the next day like, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. we want to do this. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I left them with, like, a dream. I didn't come right. in and, and, like, show them that I know calculus. Like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I can do your homework really fast. <laughs> Very like, true. We came, right? We came in and we, like, built a dream that they can hold mm-hmm. on to, that they can That's salivate right. over. And then, right. we, and then we go to work. And then you go to work. Because then right. the why is answered. Then right. we don't have to struggle with, I'm never going to use this. Why do I need to go to school? <laughs> you, you, right. That is eliminated. Because you already said why. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So the very, mental very reprogramming, give it to them. I just give it to them right mm-hmm. up front. And I tell them your mind is, um, it's kind of like a flashlight. And mm-hmm. it's, it can point a laser into a thousand different directions. And that's what the world wants. It wants you to be distracted. It wants you to look at a thousand different screens so that you don't have to think. But that's <laughs> not what we're about. 
right? We're going to take, we're going to eliminate the focus of like 99 of those things and just focus mm-hmm. on one thing for one hour. That's what tutoring mm-hmm. is. So we're going to forget about all your problems, forget about everything else, put it away. And in one hour, we're focusing on this because you decided it's a part mm-hmm. of your mission now. And then they learn laser focus. And then they start laser focusing in video games and conversations and all sorts of stuff. And then I'm happy. Fantastic. That's wonderful. I think that comes back down to you talking about the years of martial arts because it's the thing, like in Asia, of course, if you want to bend the bamboo, you got to bend it when it's young. <laughs> that way you can twist it around any way you want. And so for kids, it's the same way because if you're trying to help them grow in the right direction, so you have to prepare them with all the tools and the thought process and reinforced by their behavior tendencies that supports their vision. Absolutely, yes. And then the kids, um, they're way more malleable, like, like just like that bamboo. Mm-hmm. Like this, mm-hmm. this approach is really difficult with an adult. Like it's really hard to sit down <laughs> with an adult and like go through that in one hour unless they're, you know, like, um, like open to that and they're, they're really into sure. self-improvement, then, then they'll know. Right, but, right. Yeah, yeah, you, Kids are very malleable, but the thing is, it can go both ways. Like you got to monitor sure. it because it can sure. it can bend left and right, and if it's unmonitored, um, but the schools do a good job of keeping track of and keeping sure. the kids like they they create the they create the structure, and um, I, I I navigate them through it, and a lot of it mm-hmm. is elimination. Like right. you, you just have to eliminate these things that aren't working for you. So I, I, we measure it. Like, is this going to increase my happiness in the future? I call it future <laughs> optimization. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like That's they learn about that. Like, yeah. Like they learn that time is the same for everybody and that they have like all the power in the world because all the adults are working nine to five and all the adults are super stressed out and they're not interested anymore in changing the world and all that. But Mm -hmm. you have all the time in the world. You can learn all the skills in the world and you are the only crazy one enough to change the world. And you are the only ones that actually do change the world because you can actually, Mm -hmm. you're the ones that believe it. Right. Right. so I, I empower them up, up front and I let them know that they have this wonderful opportunity and it's fleeting. So like, you know, like you want to invest or let it go. Like if you're playing right. video games all day, you kind of wasted it. There's no investment. <laughs> there's no future optimization. Right, um, right. And I, I go deep into that. I let them know how much money the marketing uh, companies mm-hmm. are making from it. But they want you to sit there and not do anything. Mm-hmm. And they, they get a profit mm-hmm. from it. And mm-hmm. then um, I, I tell them everybody else is doing that. If you want what everybody else has, then maybe this program isn't for you. Right, so, like, right, we, right. We measure the average, and we at least try to be better. Right. And we want that right. for everybody. We want that for everybody. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, not, we're not trying to be elitist. We, we just say if everybody wants to be better <laughs> than the average, then every year it's going to get exponentially better for everybody. Very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. What can parents do to make their homes a better learning environment? Oh, I got, I got this one from grandma, and um, it's really about a, a, a division. So she used to say this in Russian. So, mm-hmm. that means do your job and then, I guess, party hard or, like, enjoy your party. Um, <laughs> so, like, all the tasks, everything that mm-hmm. needs to get done and urgent. Yeah. So I, mm-hmm. I, I show them a matrix, like things that need to get done urgent and then there's a matrix so do i need to get it done yes or no and is it urgent yes or no so Mm -hmm. everything that needs to get done and urgent has to be done everything that you could get done that would future optimize for tomorrow should also get done so if Mm -hmm. you can get it done now because tomorrow is going to present a whole new set of problems which is what students don't understand so they don't understand that the world also changes just like they do so they go to sleep Mm -hmm. and they wake up a different person and so does the world so mm-hmm. the world wakes up and it presents new problems. And they're, they're not usually ready for new problems. They think, I'm going to wake up with the same problems. Well, no, there's new ones coming. So that's why you've got to finish everything today. And once all that's done, which includes your homework and everything, then you let them, like, enjoy, give them as much free time as possible. Because the thing mm-hmm. that doesn't work is if they get home and they, they trap you and say, I want to play video games for a little bit before I do my homework. That little bit is, it's like a casino. There's no time on it. Like, it's seven, <laughs> it's seven o'clock. Like, they don't even want dinner, right? They're, like, just right. in the video game, skipping dinner. Now, mom and dad are stressed out because the kid's not eating and the homework's not done. 
stressed out situation. So I, I, I urge them to get it all done and then enjoy, like family time is very important and school time should mm-hmm. not impede on family time. Homework needs to mm-hmm. get done before dinner. Mm-hmm. And then for the responsible students, I'm like, look, you guys are in school for eight hours and I know you're not paying attention in all of your classes and I'm okay with that. If a teacher is mm-hmm. not really educating you, feel free to finish your homework. Again, future optimizing. So you can sit there in class and waste that hour or you can take an hour, get a homework, an hour's worth of homework done in that period, and then you go mm-hmm. home and you might not have homework, which frees up mm-hmm. time for a sport. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a division of la- labor. So finish everything you have to do and then enjoy the rest of the evening with nothing to worry about. And that includes a packed backpack. So you finish mm-hmm. all your homework, put it away, put it in the backpack. You know you're ready for tomorrow and you can rest. Because I teach it, like I tell them, when you go to sleep, like your mind does a lot of work. You can't go to sleep and let your mind think it needs to finish a job. You need to free your mind to dream. Right. Like, like, and if, if it's not free to dream, you're going to lose out on those creativity points. And then a lot of right. my students started to measure their dream states like I do. So we measure dreaming and getting eight mm-hmm. hours of sleep is paramount and maximizing the REM and deep sleep are paramount. So that means like no caffeine at night and all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. but it's optimizing the sleep and then getting out of their way. So like mm-hmm. tutoring your own kids is impossible. Get them a tutor or tell them mm-hmm. that they have to do it on their, on their own. Right. Study groups right. are very, very effective, but it's right. got to be their job. The worst thing you can do is like be their tutor because they'll just make you do their homework. They're not going to learn anything. <laughs> and then you're going to be stressed out. <laughs> That's interesting. Well, the other side of the coin is the fact that, you're never an expert in your own backyard. That is like, I don't think that, you know, that I don't think mom, you really know all that stuff. <laughs> when was oh, the last yeah. time you were in class? <laughs> they're, they're hardwired to be against us parents. So like I tutored right. for a math professor at UCLA because uh-huh. all the kid wants is to surpass his parents in a good way. Right, right, right. And I, th- I think that's okay. I think that's okay for every generation to want to be mm-hmm. better than their parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so it does create that difficulty of, of doing it yourself. It's just more, right. it's just, it, yeah. <laughs> so true. You're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio, our podcast, available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, TuneIn Radio, Mixcloud, Podchaser, Listen Notes, and Hophopper. Here's a quick reminder to check the July edition of our Hot Center and Passion Driven Inspirations for Better Living Digital Magazine. Please go to www.inspirationsforbetterliving.com. My guest for this morning is Jane Nish. Jane is the founder and CEO of, of Eurekademics and is also known as the Student Whisperer, which is really cool in Los Angeles. Voted as the best of tutors.com for the last five years, Eurekademics teaches students using scientifically proven ways and Groundbreaking theories in quantum intelligence to increase grades dramatically in as little as 30 days. Jean was also recently awarded as one of the 100 top leaders in education by the Global Forum for Education and Learning in 2021. Jean and I are having a conversation about his remarkable life's journey and how academics and his approach to learning are changing the way students excel and succeed in today's world. I'm your host, Johnny Tan. Gene, does your program work for students with ADHD and dyslexia? Yes, actually. That first client that I mentioned, um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I've worked with a student with dyslexia and ADHD, and it mm-hmm. actually works better, I think. Um, so my, my, I think it actually works better. I think it works better. Because with my ADHD students, you can actually – monitor their experience and you know if they're losing track or not and it has to do with mm-hmm. entertainment mm-hmm. so i don't think adhd is like something where they can't pay attention in general i just think that their mind is so accustomed to a higher flavor of life so if mm-hmm. you approach an adhd student with a boring monotone like that you lost them right away but if you go in there and maybe do a little bit of boxing to like clear up their mind. Right. I, so I, mm-hmm. I bring my martial arts bag with me. And if a student doesn't want to learn, I'm cool <laughs> with it. I go, look, you're having a hard day. Do you want to just box? 
And they're all looking mm-hmm. at me. I'm like, look, you, you get to box a tutor or punch a math teacher. Have you ever done that before? Come on. <laughs> that you know? sounds good to me. <laughs> you see what I mean? Like complete yeah. attention grabber. Like it doesn't matter who you are or if you're dyslexic or you, now you, I've got their attention. So right. I've, ne- I've never shied away from that. Um, mm-hmm. It works really well in sixth to eighth grade. The problem mm-hmm. with uh, that is the, the socializing. So once you introduce them back into high school environment, they have a hard yeah. time, may have a hard time uh, socially adjusting. But purely uh, on the academic side, like right. if we're just talking about academics, it works better. It's easier. It's less stressful. Mm-hmm. So like my dyslexic and ADHD students, they really like, they really like uh, calculators and computers or uh, an mm-hmm. algorithmic way to solve it. So mm-hmm. if you show them how to do it on a calculator, they, all of a sudden they get really excited. Um, it's it, one-on-one. I, I don't think the learning disabilities at all hinder a one-on-one mm-hmm. approach. I, th- I think it's actually better. That's very interesting. So you're finding the right tool that connects with them, and then you funnel in the information. Well, yeah, again, you, you, you can't start unless they're willing. And I think that works mm-hmm. for everybody. Like, like the Matrix said, you have to give them a choice. So mm-hmm. um, once you give them a choice and they make the choice, they can follow it. So, yeah, you're going to you, – you, and you've got to, like, you've got to, like, level with them. If they don't want to learn, you mm-hmm. can't say you have to. You have to say that's fine. If you want to drop out of school, let me think about this and have a talk with mom. Like, if you want to drop out of school, like, I make it real for them, like, the scenario. Right. Mm-hmm. Are you going to go to work? What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And then, like, they have to sit with that. Like, I, what they're really saying is I'm unhappy with school the way it is now. They're not mm-hmm. saying I want to drop out and get a job or whatever. So right. you have to, like, you have to make them live the worst-case scenario. And I think, I think mm-hmm. if more parents and teachers – actually listened and went through the worst case scenario with the student or whatever they say, the student would realize, hey, maybe that's not a decision I want to make. So at the end of Mm -hmm. the day, we're helping the student make a choice and make a decision regarding Mm -hmm. themselves, which I don't think is taught at all. Like we're, 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 now we know how to make choices regarding helping other people. Please, thank you. You see some stranger that needs help. We're wired to to help, help that stranger. It's very natural. We're not wired to help ourselves. Like nobody's teaching self-help. It's just becoming this new revolution, and like people are charging charging thousands of dollars for it that yeah, nobody's yeah. talking about. But the market right. is completely asymmetric, so we don't know who are the real gurus and what's really working in self-learning. Right, right. Um, That's true. Yeah, so I try to get their attention, and I, I want to give them the complete autonomy and responsibility for their life. And I tell them that we are your guides and support. Like your parents are like your your workhorse like we're going to work for you but we got to be crystal clear that you want this and this is what you this is the the choice that you made that we can support and um i think when they realize that we're working together like bringing them together on that really helps because a lot of them feel like they're on their own and this is a Mm -hmm. giant machine and no matter what they do the outcome is going to be the same and Mm -hmm. i show them that's not true at all you can change the outcome right now we can just drop out right now we'll sign the paperwork right now if mom is okay with it, and then mm-hmm. they go, uh, 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 no, I don't want to do that because if, if you realize <laughs> what you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, so I make them live whatever they tell me, and uh, mm-hmm. if uh, whatever emotions inside, that's okay. We should feel it, even if it's anger. If it's anger, we're gonna go through it, and then we're gonna feel something else. We'll replace the anger after we go through it. Very, very interesting. Now, are these? the common challenges that children are facing in terms of not being able to relate to their own self-help? Because I remember growing up where parents, they taught us to, please help that guy, please help this, please help that, but it's never us. Because you hit a key point just now about somehow I don't matter, I guess, from that perspective. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's almost like it, it got weeded out somewhere. It's even like that with mm-hmm. money. Like, we, we earn money, mm-hmm. and the first thing is I got to pay rent. I got to pay my car. Mm-hmm. I got to pay all. But it shouldn't be that way. Like, you, got, you mm-hmm. should be making money and then saying, well, I'm going to pay myself first. I want to save right. half of my income for a vacation or whatever. So everything has been uh, you're always last, and that's just how we're kind of socialized. And right, right. I bring. 
I say you can be first, but it's a very internal choice. And you're first right. with yourself in the morning and last thing at night. So the, the ritual that I teach my students, and I got this from my mentor, Sam Ovens, mm-hmm. uh, you wake up and the first three thoughts, three gratitude thoughts, I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for anything. I'm grateful mm-hmm. for, boom. And then you just sit there and you let thoughts come but with the intention of what would make today great. So not just any random thought pulling you, I need breakfast, go play your video game, go check your email, not those pulling thoughts. We're going to look for an inspiration thought. What would make today great? Like an unknown opportunity. That's what you're looking for. Well, this podcast made today great. Uh, What else would make today great? Uh, Maybe if I landed a new client or maybe if I had a new referral or maybe if I talked about the show after that and I posted it, that would make today great. So then you're like, looking into the future, you're vibrating and opening doors. You're, you're telling the universe, hey, universe, if you open a door, I will step through. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then you start your day, and then the, there's a reflection part, which I often forget, but it's still written in there. You reflect on three things that went great or that actually happened today. So you reflect mm-hmm. back on the day, like three things that went well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you analyze it, you realize that, hey, today went really well because I woke up a little early and I did what Mm -hmm. Jim said and I brushed my teeth and my hair looked extra great. I had 10 extra minutes after breakfast and Mm -hmm. this happened in those 10 minute opportunities. So I tell my students, like, you got, you got to work to create the opportunity. And then the universe will open up all those doors for you. But the key is within you and it's in your attitude. So, so true. Like, what? My, my attitude is the key? I'm like, yes, your attitude <laughs> yeah. is the key. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. And, and you can demonstrate this attitude thing right away. So, like, uh, we have a very open uh, attitude. But, like, it, like, if somebody comes to you and, like, I'll, I'll demonstrate to my students, I'll just turn off my empathy. I'll just turn off my active listening. And then they feel it right away. They're like, what? This guy's a rock. I can't get anything out of it. And then I shift back into my openness. I'm like, did you see that? Did you feel that? <laughs> and then they, they get it. They get it. They get it. Right. They, don't know, oh, they, don't, they also don't understand how when they're sad or upset or they got mm-hmm. emotions, like how it affects the parent. And they don't right. understand that it's a very sensitive <clears throat> ecosystem. So then they, they're like, the attitude is the key to all opportunities. And I think mm-hmm. in a nutshell, that needs to be taught. Like just um, – mm-hmm. What's going on with your emotions, how to handle them, what's going on with you, and how to set goals. I think if schools did that more, we wouldn't mm-hmm. need personalized education. But the way, the way things are going, I think this is like, because if the student knows what he wants, who are right. we to, to slow him down? Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> like, it takes 180 right. hours to teach you counting and addition in first grade and then it takes mm-hmm. 180 hours to teach you algebra in eighth grade and then it mm-hmm. takes another 180 hours to teach you calculus mm-hmm. i would argue it takes more time to teach trigonometry and geometry than it does calculus <laughs> calculus is just two three fundamental principles a derivative and an integral right now, first grade can be can be taught in 20 hours that's it the whole first grade can be taught in 20 hours mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very, very um, interesting yeah, and then the, but the, that is the most sensitive topic that I'm working on now. So I, I, mm-hmm. it's easier to coach high school and middle school. The elementary brain, it's 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 just so complex when mm-hmm. when they're so young, and it's so it's changing. So the data is so impossible to like right. actually say this this helps this because everything is changing. There's so many variables when they're young. That right. is the hardest age. That is the hardest age. But the right. martial arts or dancing or any kind of physical play, I mm-hmm. think, really speaks to the attitude and the character at that age. So sure. uh, for me, it's martial arts, and I always recommend martial arts for the elementary students and the, or g- dance for the girls or whatever right. way you want. Right. And I agree with that because what happened at that age, I believe, that's where they are strictly in the mindset of I'm gathering information. And then when they get through that age, is where they're going to spend the next five years validating that information. <laughs> That's Correct. why you have that Correct. focus. So as uh, educators, we have to understand that beautiful natural transition of, interestingly enough, from a role model standpoint of view, being a teacher, a coach, and a counselor. And what dictates that transition is situation. 
That's right. The situation and the environment. So true. When is the right time for parents to enroll their children in your program? The best, so my program is very robust starting like fifth grade and moving up. I do accept okay. students as early as first grade. It's mm-hmm. just a challenge. So as a first grader, we're not setting the goals. We're not really st- studying the emotions. It's just more about uh, observing and, and how much uh, can you read and mm-hmm. measure and absorb. So like I would say that it like, when, as soon as they start processing questions and mm-hmm. making goals or making an assessment saying something like, I want to be a basketball player when I grow up, mm-hmm. anything like that. When, they're, when they become curious about the future and they understand right. the difference between past, present, and future, that's when I think a tutor is uh, acceptable. Um, it really depends on the parent. So, like, I've had one parent. Uh, Golan, he started with me, I think, third grade. He's like 10 now. He's a fifth grader, but he's uh, uh, attending the John Hopkins University uh, physics program, and he's only 10, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but for, for Golan, uh, like, out, out, of the, like, out of the gate, he kept YouTubing quarks and, like, black holes and, like, all these physics concepts. That's what he was, like, really into. So he's not going to get that anywhere in the third grade, right? So when, when you have mm-hmm. kids that are, like, clearly exceptional in something, you want right. to get a tutor right away. So that could be as young right. as uh, you, when you spot talent, get a tutor. Like, if, once right. the talent is spotted, it doesn't matter. But right, there are other right, parents, right. Yeah, you know, there are other parents that, like, went the other way. Like, I don't want my kids going through all this stress. Like, I want my mm-hmm. kid to just have a good old time in public school. Like, they go, they go the other way. Like, I want, right. I want my kid to have, to have fun and fit in and go to public school, which is totally right. fine, too. So um, tutoring there will be a lot easier, less expensive, maybe once or twice a week as upkeep. So mm-hmm. you have upkeep tutoring, which makes sure that you are understanding the concepts so you're not struggling. And then there's acceleration tutoring, where we take mm-hmm. the talent all the way as, hard, as far as they can go. The mom was like, okay, this kid is bored. Is he going to go to college? He didn't even know. <laughs> so I didn't even know. I was like, you're 10. Are you sure you want to do this? Like, so I, I started reading about mom blogs, and John Hopkins came up as the school mm-hmm. for young, talented, and gifted, and I was mm-hmm. like, here, just try this. And then he got in, and um, mm-hmm. he's in it now, and I'm his tutor. So he definitely awesome. needs a lot of help. I know. Like, I, I, I'm going to see him later today. I tutor him every day. Because it's a lot right. of work for him. Like, he, his reading skills are just not there because mm-hmm. he's reading, like, he, he's doing sixth, seventh grade, eighth grade physics, mm-hmm. and there's a, there's a lot of reading. Right. His memory can't, can't handle all those directions. Sure. Like, he can't, he can't read yet. So that's where I come in. I just have to force him to read and follow directions, force him to read right. and follow directions. He can do algebra. He can do geometry. He understands signs, tangents. Mm-hmm. Like, he understands gravity, and he can balance equations and stuff. He understands yeah. chemistry, the fundamental, like, uh, atom and how to balance equations. These things are, like, some, like my high school students are still learning, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when ta- talent is there, you're going to want to grab a tutor and uh, get a good one, and you're going to want one as a relationship till the end. Like, the NBA, right. the players, only 1% of them have high-performing coaches. And every mm-hmm. NBA player would, like, love to have a performance coach like uh, Michael mm-hmm. Jordan had or right. Kobe Bryant. Uh, and I read his book. It was, it was incredible. The book is mm-hmm. relentless. Tim mm-hmm. as Grover. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what tutors do. They offer that edge. So if you spot talent, you want to grab a tutor because there's not going to be enough. The demand for private mm-hmm. tutoring is just too high. And, um, yeah, when, when you see the talent, grab a tutor. The other one is if the student is failing or falling behind, you, there's no, the, the only way to save mm-hmm. it is a tutor. Right, right, right. Well, let me answer this, though. You brought out a very interesting point, and I say this respectfully, there are tutors, and there are tutors out there, right? And same thing, like I say, there's so many coaches out there, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> so yeah. what are the few things that a parent needs to look at in terms of hiring a good tutor for the child. Ooh, I never thought about that. Well, so let's see. What would a parent look for when hiring a good tutor for their child? I would look for a guarantee. 
I mean, mm-hmm. in this business, like I offer a 60-day guarantee. If your child is not getting an A in 60 mm-hmm. days in mathematics, you get your money back. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think money is the easiest way to go. Uh, if you offer them the guarantee, you'll get the business up front, but you're going to lose mm-hmm. it if they don't get the results. So right. The results really speak for it. What am I looking for? If I were to call somebody from my son, yeah, I would actually ask him for a curriculum or like a future plan. I would say, hey, mm-hmm. so what are your favorite subjects to teach? And what do you think would be the best way to teach my son? Let's say he, want, uh, he wants mm-hmm. to be a coder. Like, he want, uh, What is the best way for him to enter the computer software uh, industry? And mm-hmm. let's say he's five. And then, like, I would actually just say, yeah, tell me, like, over the years. So, like, okay, so in a couple of years, I'm going to be teaching him algebra. And then if we stick together, <laughs> eventually I'm going to give him this project and something like that. Um, I I would always I always tell the parents, uh, ask your kid. Like, after mm-hmm. this lesson, because the first lesson is free, ask your kid. Like, if he's willing to put in the work, I'll put in the work. But ask, ask your kid. They're the best witness test. It, ask right. your own kid. Are, are you willing to work with Mr. Tudor? That's the only question that really should make that decision. And it doesn't matter about their credentials or anything else. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's their willingness to, to put in the work. So it, the character has to be there, I think. Right. There got to be that synergy of that mentoring someone in so many ways, because we haven't talked about that word, mentoring, but that's what it is. Yes. It's the same as taking a Taekwondo instructor. Like you go, mm-hmm. you feel it out, and then you think, do I want to spend my next five years under this person trying to Precisely. become the best that, that I could? And could I right. do that under them? Right. It's just right. like picking that martial arts instructor. Yep. Mm-hmm. Very good. And Very good. All, all, the, the whole mission is, though, or the whole point of that is to also drive referrals, too. So, like, if Johnny likes it, there's a high mm-hmm. chance that three of his friends will like it, too. And it's sure. really fun as a tutor when you have like three people in the same class because it's the same lesson over and over and it's just easier, you know? Right. Right. So true. Where can someone go to get more information about you, learn about your academic services and keep up with the latest happenings? Uh, com is the best way to find out more or subscribe to the emailing list. Uh, we have an Instagram for students. So if you want to see posts about, kids getting straight A's or how happy they are celebrating their report card, Instagram Eureka Demic. And on YouTube. YouTube, I have uh, a bunch of free samples. I teach you how to do a Rubik's Cube or um, why negative multiplication or multiplication with negative numbers works the way it works. By the way, I am going to give you the opportunity as a tutor. You need to spell out Eureka Demics. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, Eureka E-U-R-E-K-A Demix D-E-M-I-C-S dot com One more time that's E-U-R-E-K-A D-E-M-I-C-S dot com Eurekademics dot com Fantastic What will learning be like in the future? I really feel it's uh, the video game world and this VR and arc, uh, mm-hmm. virtual reality, augmented reality, I think they're going to fuse in education completely. So I think all education is going to be in some virtual world, uh, mm-hmm. completely ga- not completely gamified, but it will be completely virtual in the sense that um, – there will be no more classroom. I, and I, I doubt, I mean, you'll still have physical papers and projects, but everything will be an experience in the world. So instead of drawing the triangle and, and calculating its hypotenuse, you're going to be in a 3D virtual world, actually mm-hmm. moving these blocks and you'll build a four wall up and you'll build a five block floor and you'll see mm-hmm. how many blocks the hypotenuse is. And you can actually touch things, move them and measure them. And everything is recorded for you. So you won't have the problem of memory. So I, th- I think we're going to solve our memory issue, mm-hmm. our biological memory issue with the Internet or some kind of technology fix. So mm-hmm. then you have perfect memory or near-perfect memory somehow. You have perfect access to all the information, and mm-hmm. you can access it safely from the comfort of your own home. Plus it's social because there will be other people accessing it. Mm-hmm. Very, very I interesting. I think that's where the future is going. Wonderful. That's terrific. 
as we close this hour, since our show is about people, family, and living life, would you like to share a recipe for living with our listeners this morning? Yes. Um, I think the first thing that you need to do for everybody, and whether you're a student or not, when you wake up, don't uh, don't get sucked into your polls. Don't check your email. Don't check your phone. Don't do that first thing that you've got to do. I challenge you to give yourself, yourself, invest in yourself, 5, 10, 15 minutes. If you don't know what to do, start with going over three things that you're grateful for and just wait and see what comes. The idea is we want to shift our attitude to unlock as many opportunities for us first thing in the morning before you get out of bed. So then when you check your phone, maybe an opportunity is waiting for you in an email. But that's my real big challenge. 15 minutes, I want everybody to invest in themselves and Mm -hmm. play forward. Live in the future for 15 minutes before you start your day. See your day unfold. See opportunities coming and then go live it. So see it and live it instead of just waking up and getting through the day. And then see what happens at the end of the day. Fantastic. That's beautiful. Jean, thank you for the great recipe for living and for spending this hour with me on From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. To all our listeners, please join me next week, Tuesday morning, August 3rd. My guest will be Alison Common. After 15 years of practicing law, Alison transitioned her practice into business consulting, business coaching, and life coaching. She's also the part-time CFO of the Motherhood Center of New York and the author of the highly acclaimed book, the gift of maybe. Allison and I will be having a conversation about her remarkable life's journey and her latest inspiring and empowering book, A Year Without Men. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to FromMyMama'sKitchenTalkRadio.com. Thank you for listening and have a blessed week. Gene, it has been a true pleasure, sir. Thank you again and have a very blessed day. Thank you, Johnny. God bless and have a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye.